Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, welcome to Kernels. I'm Christopher Hooten and I'm here with my colleague Jacob Stolworthy. Hello, how's it going? Not too bad, you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank How's you. How's your mate. week? My week has been busy. Yeah? In the, the busy life of journalism. Yeah, prepping for The Walking Dead, which oh, is back yeah. this weekend. Excited. I am. Is anyone else? <laughs> I, I, I've been asking, my question, asking that question all week. I guess we'll find out on Monday we'll morning. We'll find out. We look, at, look at the charts. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so who have you been speaking to this week? So, I've been speaking to a few people because of uh, London Film Festival. Obviously, it's yeah. now finished. But uh, one person uh, that I spoke to was Willem Dafoe. Nice. Yeah, for the new film, um, The Florida Project. Yeah, before, which... before we get to The Florida Project, I guess with Willem Dafoe, like, you, think, you just think character actor don't you it's like the first thing that comes 100 percent. yeah and and when you go in to speak to an actor like him for half an hour it's almost because where do you start yeah because he has just starred as so many different characters over you know four decades yeah uh he's great and i always i kind of i don't realize how much i like him as an actor yeah. Because he's so versatile. It's because he's like, he's no one's favourite actor, right? That no one would say that. No. But then he just crops up and you're like, oh, this guy's great. Completely. I think he can, gets maybe a bit unfairly remembered for certain roles as well, you know? People remember the, the platoons and the Spider-Mans and mm. stuff. And if you'd kind of, you, when you think of him, you think of like a detective, don't you? Or like. Also, like, he, he's a very good villain. Yeah. He's a very yeah, good villain. He's like got that, you, that face, isn't he? Creepy, evil, and this kind of vibe. But actually, you know, he's done a lot of other more deft parts that people don't remember you know he did English Patient he was an American Psycho okay yeah. he was a pretty stock character in American Psycho but he was good in that nonetheless. he's there nonetheless yeah. he's in Life Aquatic The Aviator Nymphomaniac he's like worked with a crazy amount of good directors that's what I kind of upon researching going in he's just worked with so many different amazing directors yeah like directors that people would love to work with in, in a career and he's done it you know yeah. he's absolutely done it he, it was a real honour talking to him, and I, what, I'm happy it was for this film as well, because this is kind of different to anything he's really done before. I feel. Yeah. Um, but he's just he's just as happy to talk about an independent film like the Florida Project just as much as he is Aquaman, which yeah. is going to be in next year. You know, he he loves those. He doesn't really see a difference in terms of starring in a blockbuster to an independent film. I like that. I suppose as well, like you might initially think of him as like a kind of careerist actor who who takes a lot of these parts and, you know, supporting parts in major films. But, I mean, he's like he's very committed to acting as well, isn't he? And he's part of the, the Worcester Group. The Worcester right? Group. Well, he and founded he, it. He founded it, he did, yeah. And he still goes... I think he hasn't been back in a while, but he still goes back there. And um, What is that, exactly? It's like a... It's just a... I think it's, it's an experimental theatre group. And it, it, it was... I'm guessing it was the 70s he would have formed mm. it in. Um, and he... It's just kind of uh, shaped his career. And his uh, his style of acting, um, and I don't know if it's really birth other such success stories, but I feel like because he, he was a theatre actor before being a film actor, um, a, a very reputable one, and I think it's it's kind of 
the Worcester degree performed of very, very renowned theatre actors in America. Mm. Um, he was so passionate. I, I, we, he mentioned it before I brought it up, um, and it was definitely something like he was extremely passionate about. And without it, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be Willem Dafoe, you know. Yeah. And uh, this film, he's in he's in town for the Florida Project. It is like a, a different role for him, isn't it? Because you know we we talked about how he's known as kind of that slightly sort of edgy detective or villainous type, but in this he's like a real a real good guy. Like he's, the guys don't come better than this this character he plays. He's extremely kindly, and yeah. uh, your heart warms when he's on the screen. Yeah, it's really nice seeing an actor at this stage of the career doing a role like that in a film like this. Yeah. So people who have not heard much about the Florida Project. Um, it's by Sean Baker, who is the director of Tangerine, which mm. everyone remembers is that film that was made on an iPhone, but actually it's it's not a gimmick. It's a really, really great film. Completely. Um, and really different in how that he just, he kind of met two aspiring transgender actresses at like a, an LGBT centre in Los Angeles and just put them in a film and they did a great job. He's really good. It seems to be getting getting the most out of humans. Mm. And um, this is kind of this follow-up film and uh, was the uh, the summary for it is... Set during the summer, Mooney, a precocious six-year-old girl, lives with her mother Haley in a community of extended-stay motel guests in Kissimmee, Florida. And it's like very simple, but that that literally sums it up, and that's all that really happens. But it's still like very engrossing. Yeah, completely. It's all that happens, and if, if anything more happened, if they tried to fit anything else in it, it probably wouldn't have worked. Yeah, it, the simplicity of it is what makes it such an engrossing film. And at the heart of it, obviously, you've got, well, there's a there's a young girl. She is, I mean, we, we were talking about her before. We hope she's going to be a star. She's the most precocious young little actress I've seen on screen. She yeah. just absolutely steals every she's scene like she's six in. six years old, I think. Six years old. And she's loving this promotional tour for this film. She's having <laughs> such a good time. We should have got her on the podcast. That, that would have been great. great. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have been great. But just even the thought of, like, whenever you'll hear Willem Dafoe, when he was talking about her, you can, you'll be able to hear the smile on his face as he's yeah. recalling kind of working with her and... Uh, Bria, who's the actress who plays her mum, who I think Sean Baker found, like, not not dissimilar to how he found mm. the actress in Tangerine. He found her on Instagram, I think. Really? Yeah, and he found the young girl uh, in a supermarket, and he went up to the mum and he said, look, I'm going to sound weird, I'm going to sound mental, <laughs> but I am a film director, and I think your daughter should should definitely audition to be in my film. That's crazy. Imagine. Yeah. And you know, when I was younger, I hated going to the supermarket with my mum. Maybe if I did, I would, be in yeah, a f- yeah. I would have been in a film. <laughs> man, who knew that casting directors were wandering around Tesco? Right? Like, damn, it. damn, man. But, but yeah, yeah it, it, I love the story behind this film, and I think the film itself is just completely... The way the way the directors used the kids in it, it's created for me like one of the best depictions of childhood I've ever seen. I agree. And I, you know, even in, you know, including Boyhood and loads of films like that, I think just because because they're not even child star actors they're literally just you know just kids mm. they just they just look so natural in front of the camera and they just they're just playing in ways that you really recognize mm-hmm. that you played as as a kid but you never ever see kind of on the screen it's yeah. just really charming like i i completely just feel like sean baker was like right just play and yeah. the kids and like they just had no sense of oh there's a camera on they were just literally having a good time yeah. just chilling obviously they they get up to they do things that maybe we didn't do as children like extremely naughty reprobate reprobate things but yeah uh, it's they're so charming it's so lovely to watch and then uh, amongst all this kind of like chaos of you know people who've not really worked on sets even before is Willem Dafoe brought in to kind of like keep it all together Mm. and, and plays this role of a kind of paternal guy who's kind of this supervisor I guess of the motel they live at outside Disneyland and is just kind of keeping everyone in check and 
they're kind of giving him shit, but he still feels something for them in their, their situation and wants to do right by them, doesn't he? And deep down, he's not getting anything good from them, really, but they he knows they have this respect for him and they're happy that he's around. I love characters like that. Characters that just, just really wants to help people who aren't maybe in as privileged position as they are. Uh, yeah, it's great. And I think he, Willem Dafoe, is definitely going to get a Best Supporting Actor nomination for this film. Yeah, um, He's got a lot of uh, competition. Michael Stuhlberg in Call Me By Your Name and Sam Rockwell in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri being two others. But uh, I think Willem Dafoe stands a good chance, yeah. actually, of winning that Oscar. He's brought something different that you don't usually see and he recognises that and I think you guys get into that too. Yeah, we do. So yeah, let's get down to it. Um, we didn't know that this was this interview was going to be used for the podcast. Um, we thought it was going to be Killian Murphy this week and I ended up having just a kind of, not an awkward interview, but just kind of an interview that didn't really fire really? for me. So yeah. we switched it around, but this one's going to be a bit rougher on the edges audio-wise. There's a bit of there's clanking of cups as cups of tea are dispensed. I was, I was very around. thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, hopefully you guys can hear it all right, and uh, yeah, enjoy. I mean, it's what a film to be promoting, working <laughs> on. It's such a special one, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's good, and uh, thank you. You know, the response has been good, and there's stuff to talk about, and yeah, it just feels special because so many of the conditions for making it and how it was made uh, are not typical. Mm-hmm. And what, in what way, that's going to be one of my questions, in what ways was it different for you as an actor um, on set? You know, it's the combination of things. First of all, uh, the fact that we're shooting in an actual place, mm-hmm. an operational motel that is basically the real place that we're talking about in the yes. story. Mm-hmm. And the people that are there, the management and the people living there, are there. Yeah, there. So we're living right next side of them, mm. uh, next to them. And um, that helps a lot. And that's partly Sean's way because he likes to mi- mix, you know, found existing stuff with a fiction. And then, of course, the composition of the, uh, the performers is very different. Not so, so different, but I mean, it's unconventional. And you've got a lot of children. The mm-hmm. movie's very much seen through these children. And um, you've got a lot of first-timers. You've got non-actors. You've got people. You've got actors. It's a whole mix of people. Yeah. And they're all living in this kind of community. <laughs> and then you've got a script, very strong script, we're shooting the script, but we're also shooting other things. Mm. And it's a low-budget movie, and Sean, it's very rare to have someone who's a writer, director, and editor. And an editor. Yeah, mm. so all those things I've experienced before, you know, as aspects of movies, but kind of not all of those together at the same In one time. time. Quite an experience there. Yeah, great. Yeah. Great. yeah. And Brooklyn. And Brooklyn. What, yes. a, what a star. What well, a star in the making. He got lucky with her. Right? I mean, the story yeah. behind that is just, that's one in a million, isn't it? Yeah. Just finding Brooklyn. Yeah. What, what was it like working with her? You know, she, she's, um, most of the kids were, you know, kids and didn't have a sense of performing. Mm. She had a sense of performing. She has, and she's 
very small, um, she wants to be an actress, and her mother's an acting coach, mm. and she's she talks she uses words like the business and all that, <laughs> but um, but you know when when it comes down to it, she's precocious and she's very smart, so you you can't you can't ignore her. Mm. Um, but at the same time, when she gets there, she's, she blends in with all the other kids, mm. and Sean has set it up, so they're playing. He's made it able for them to um, do things and not worry about performance. Mm. I think she, her idea of being an actor is everything outside. Like, I've seen it blossom as we promote it, really? that sort of thing. Yeah. But when we were there, she certainly was, um, was a natural talent, but... Uh, it wasn't as full blown as I've seen. I, it is because yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see what's going to be like in a year. It's going to be great. So, for example, the scenes like when you're in the um, in by the computer, and then the kids run in and they hide under your, your yeah, feet. Yeah. Is that just them? Were they just playing? Were they just having um, more or less? Yeah, more or less because you know, uh, you tell them, you tell them what the action is, and they do it. Mm. I mean, that's the beauty of working with, you know, people that it's all new to and they're all in you know they don't they aren't comparing it to anything they're not um, they don't have any of the jadedness of, <laughs> of someone that's been around uh, so that's nice and and really it's my job to fit in with them them more than vice versa mm. um, and then the important thing is the significant thing is that my kind of role because in the, the role is I'm with them, but I'm also a little outside because I live there too, mm. but I also wear all these different hats. So sort of similarly in, you know, working with Sean and being people that had worked more in the movies, yeah. um, you know, it was similar with the reality of making it. Sure. I, I wore different hats. That's so great. Great. And um, like, is it, is it Bria? Is that how you say it? Bria. Fantastic. I mean, just amazing. Yep. And I mean, for Bria to come on set in a Sean Baker film and star in these scenes opposite yourself, you know, someone who's been in, in, in an actor for a long time, and yet she just yeah. assimilates. When, when I, you know, listen, the, the job for an actor is always to kind of disappear into the material as far as I'm concerned. That's, that's kind of the most, ex that's the most satisfying experiences often. And those are the performances that I like. Mm -hmm. Not even so much as the person is transformed, but they, they, you, you don't think about them outside of the situation. Right. You just see them in the situation. So when I meet Bria, it's like, you know, she's all tatted out. She's funky looking. She's iconoclastic. She's got an attitude. Mm -hmm. I think, where'd they find this woman? Because she's got a kind of attitude that most actors don't have, mm -hmm. you know? So that was important, and you know, the truth is, me personally, I thought, where'd they find this woman? She's not a regular actress. But I keep that to myself, and after about two seconds, you forget about it, mm. you know? Yeah. I mean, Sean talks about, you know, they with the kids and with Bria, they did, you know, uh, rehearsals, and they for about a month, they came down early and practiced things, mm. but I think, you know, Bria had some deep understanding of, um, of the character and also... 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Also, just like Brooklyn, uh, they have understandings of performing. Just because they haven't, haven't made movies before doesn't mean they don't know performing the way that we all perform roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both are big personalities, so they knew, the, they knew these, um, these personas, and they, and they were open and flexible, so they adjusted them to the situation. Mm. And, and Sean just had a nose and cast them very well. And, and what, what do you think Sean Baker is bringing to cinema that isn't there, that has been absent? Well, he's a very thoughtful guy. He's got a great cinema culture. Um, he knows cinema very well. Mm. Uh, he's not... He wants, you know, he wants to keep things going, but he's not particularly a careerist. I don't think you'll see him run off and, you know, out of the attention that he's getting for this, go off and make a big uh, studio picture. Mm. You know, he knows himself, he knows what he needs. And he's interested in, um, you know, the whole package. He's a filmmaker. Uh, he's very uh, kind and very thoughtful. And no cinema. So, and and this, this technique, that it's not even a technique, it's just he loves to go into worlds that he doesn't know and uh, almost journalistically explore them initially to gather material and then make a fiction, Mm -hmm. place it in a place that really exists and then run with it. And and in the fiction, he's a strong writer with his co-writer Chris Burgosh. And uh, this was a strong script, but what really made it kick in was all the connecting pieces that were invented, the casting, the place, mm. all that stuff. It does become a character, doesn't it, the motel, the, the, the Very much, very much. It's really... And, you know, you realize you put limitations on yourself in your imagination. When I arrived, I saw that color, yeah. and I thought, oh, that's a little over the top. <laughs> really? Is that what this is going to be? That was before I was into the palette and the movie, right. you know? Yeah. And they said, we didn't do it. That's, that's, that's the place. <laughs> they wanted to paint it. No, they, one would, like, no one wanted to make themselves presentable yeah. 
for the movie. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, they were very kind, you know, these people, because they're running a business. Yeah. And there are some unflattering aspects of running a hotel or mm-hmm. motel like that. But they were very generous. Um, and and that kind, the kind of access they gave us and the kind of trust they gave us, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to find. Yeah. And uh, it really helped because they trusted us, so they let us in to a way. And, you know, mm-hmm. the main, main, the mantra is those people become our people, you mm-hmm. know? You, you begin to understand them in a different way. And then you're not involved in a polemic. You're telling a story about people that you know. Mm-hmm. And you are those people for a time because you're, you're, you know, you're breaking bread with them. Mm-hmm. You're there with them. They're there. You know, my dressing room is a is another hotel room next to people that are living there, and I see them as they're hanging out in the morning. You make small talk, and then you get to know them, and they ask about the movie. There, then they tell you their story. You tell them your story. You know, you start to have an exchange, mm-hmm. and of course, there isn't always the opportunity to have that in a movie. Of course, yeah. I think that uh, the place is going to get overrun with the Florida Project fans now, aren't they? People going you know, to... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'd love that. It was a tourist spot, Florida. Um, yourself, uh, you've obviously worked with many directors, many actors over the years. Uh, what, what is it for you that you look for when, you, um, when you're looking for new roles and in scripts? What do you look for? No, I think uh, something that engages you, you know. Um, something that either because of a challenge or a pleasure or an adventure or a really compelling question puts you in a mindset that you're like I don't know what this is but I'm going towards it and I'm going to find out what it is you know really taps into a kind of curiosity and a kind of wonder I mean you have that to greater and lesser degrees you know when you choose things there's always all kinds of conditions and considerations because of the collaborative nature of film and mm. and also you're always reacting to other things that you do and you want to change your pace and mm. but yeah I'd say that's the basic condition you know to feel like you're going to do something that you've never done before yeah. and no matter how it turns out it's going to be interesting and if you're open for it if you're game something's going to happen and you you aren't always guaranteed what that's going to be, mm. but it's going to be something, and it's not going to be, you're not just going to make another movie, you're going to make a movie that you have some stake in, mm. and you know, you can find your stake in different ways, I mean, your your commitment to doing, you know, a film like Aquaman to a film, uh, you know, like I'm doing now with Julian Schnapp, they're different, but you don't say one's any less great than the other, you know, they can be conditioned by other things but I don't think for me anyway I always got to remember only to talk for me (laughs) but I don't think you can keep on doing the same kind of thing as an actor or at least I can't Um, can't keep on doing the same thing and be in the same kind of situation and and be free because the only way you can be free is to break this kind of uh, creating a an inflexibility or a way of doing things it it may feel like you can articulate things better it may be like you're refining a a language right. and maybe that's true 
but I feel better when I'm a little, I don't want to say out of control, but when, yeah, I, I guess control is a big issue. All performing is about, you know, you know, control and discipline versus abandon and, and uh, you know, just letting go, mm. you know. And performing is somewhere between those in negotiating how much you go to one pole or the other. At least that's the way it seems to me. Yeah. And like, it's... Cause so if you fall too much on one side, yeah, I think you get a little stuck. It's just the nature of being an animal, you know. You, you start to repeat yourself and you've got to break conditioned response in a sensible way. Mm. Otherwise, you start not knowing, you, you start not thinking, you start not uh, feeling because you have an automatic response to everything. Mm. Where if you can feel stuff emotionally but also intellectually be like, you know, bemused or intrigued or, yeah. or off balance by it, then that's great. Yeah. So you continually adapt, basically, just... Yeah, and yeah. you've got to trick yourself, because I don't think that's human nature, and it's not my human nature, no. you know? You, everybody likes to go what they know. They like to know what they're getting. Yeah. But you've got to trick yourself into going away from that. That's quite hard. But the thing is, after you do it enough times... Yeah. Like right now, I'm just starting a movie. I'm scared to death. Really? Yeah. Mm. But I recognize the feeling. Yeah. And I know the elements, and I know I'm attracted to it, and I see the people around me, and I say, this is fantastic. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> but I'm doing it, and I'm doing it in a way where I have an energy of someone that's struggling, someone that's trying to find their way. Yeah. And that's better than, you know, saying, I got this, or, or you know, have conceptions of nailing it or or you know <laughs> delivering a message or all those things yeah you know i i don't have a personally i can't do that it's refreshing to hear you know, know really it's, yeah i think so and, and, i don't know i don't know whether i'm full of shit either when i <laughs> say it no but but the first thing you do is identify the problem mm. and and make a challenge for yourself and then whether you fall short or not that's not up for that's for you to say not yeah, me yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah but I like these ideas that I'm spouting right now mm -hmm. and I think uh, Florida Project you know bears them out a little bit mm -hmm. so how do you how do you decide because I'm not supposed to be in this movie you know what I mean what do you mean by that a, a traditional uh, uh, career wisdom and all that would not have me be in this movie right but I've never followed that, really. Mm. So it's funny because it's when you I don't know what I'm saying as I, far as I kind of do. I do, but I'm intrigued to see what what you as I throw it out there, kind of irresponsibly. But you get what I mean. Yeah, I guess this is not a role that I'm. I can't used be coy. That people people say, "Wow, that you were a little crazy to you know work <laughs> with kids and." Low budget movie, first mm. time, not uh, you know, uh, first time actors, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah, it didn't occur to me. I saw the script. I talked to Sean. I thought this is fantastic. Hey, Will, what are you doing? I'm going to Florida to make this movie. It's 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 about a world I didn't know, you know. And I run a motel, you know. I've never done that before. And there's these people that live there, and there's real content, and 
And somewhere, I didn't know it at the time, uh, but then somewhere in the making of it, certain themes were revealed to me that are important to me. And I think I just intuited them when I read the script, but I didn't know that they were going to be in the movie. And that's a beautiful when a thing happens mm. like that. And then that encourages you again to go where you don't know where you're going, you know? To go in a little blind. Yeah. Not totally blind. Because Sean clearly is a good filmmaker. And, you know, Alexis Sabe, he worked with Carlos Regatas on... Uh, uh, Post Tenebreus Lux and, and, and Silent Light, which is fantastic. Um, you know, so you have those things to, uh, you know, to reassure you a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a little leap of faith. It's not an exact science, is huh? it? It's not an exact science. No, not for anybody. Even, even studio films, in fact, you know, they're, they're as complicated because, you know, in a studio movie, people are coming from different places too. Mm. Particularly in the States, there's no uniformity of, of uh, there's not no uniform way to make a movie or uniform actor training. Mm -hmm. There's much more in the UK or much closer to really? something that's kind of consistent. Yeah. You can see it in the difference between people trained here and trained or not trained there, you yeah. know. It's a turkey shoot. <laughs> as they say how, how do you then decide to come off a film like The Florida Project and then go and do a film as big as Aquaman and just to see but you're it? not thinking about it you're doing a case by case basis really yeah yeah and, and also Aquaman is something you commit to you know and the scripts in transition you don't know when you're going to shoot mm. and, and then this other movie comes and I, I read the script, I meet the director, I like him, I can do it in my schedule, you know, so actually Aquaman proceeds for right. the project. I see. Not in the shooting, no. but in the formation of, uh, you know, signing on for it. Sure. And you explained before how when you, you know, you were quite impulsive by saying you do the Florida project, you went down because you liked the script and you'd not done it before. And I mean, it's completely paid off, obviously. The film is, is, is magnificent. Has it ever, ever gone the other way where you expect to do something? Of course, it really? you know, and sometimes there's good movies that just don't resonate with people. Mm. You know, the time's wrong because of what's in the news or because how people are feeling or how they get released or a poster. You know, it, there's so many things that contribute how people enter into the experience of a movie. Mm -hmm. Has there been a, is there any particular film that you feel was kind of unfairly overlooked at the time of release? Many. <laughs> <laughs> I've made enough that many. <laughs> <laughs> many is a sufficient answer. Any, any, any close to your heart? Do you think if it was released today, it would it would have fared differently? Many, <laughs> not many, but some, some, some. Yeah, I get too self-conscious to say. Really, fair enough. And you know, if you if you had the filmography right now, and, and we weren't on the clock, and, mm -hmm. and yeah, I'd be the, have the self-consciousness of people are going to know my inner thoughts. I would tell you. You would tell me, oh man, it's almost a shame sometimes when <laughs> I go to the pub and have a drink and talk you about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't want. You know, I use these talks and interviews sometimes to kind of try out thinking, you know, um, in association with trying to promote a movie. Of course. But in some ways, I don't 
want people to know what I think mm. because I don't want them to have that to wade through when they see me. I think a part of me doesn't want them to know who I am, mm. you know. Do you think it's important for an actor to have that? I don't know. It's important for me mm. because I just know, for example, you know, if I know somebody's politics and they're, they're repugnant to me, I have trouble watching them in a movie, you yeah. know, sometimes. Or, or if, I remember once I heard uh, the late Robin Williams mm. uh, talk about, uh, no, kind of apologize and do a mea culpa and I'm so ashamed about a movie that I thought he was very good oh, in. Really? And then he talked very highly about a movie I thought he was terrible in, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's, it's better to make them, help them in release the best way you can. But as far as your private thoughts, it's much better. You know, I like, I love watching movies from another culture where I don't know who the people are. And I don't know if they're actors, I don't know if they're wealthy, I don't know if they have celebrity spouses, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I can enter more deeply. And of course, it's kind of a silly thing to think about because I've been making movies long enough that chances are if someone sees me in a movie, they're, they might have seen me in another movie before and that conditions who they think I am. But if you can minimize that, it would be good. <laughs> There's a way of managing that, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you've worked with just numerous brilliant directors throughout your career. Is there any experience that you think of more often than others? There are some that stick out, you know. Um, you know, the more recent ones linger. I mean, there's really formative ones, but a lot of them are formative, you yeah. know. Um, you know, so much, so much of my approach to performing and so much of my feeling about, about making movies even comes from the theater. Right. Um, just the approach to making things and performing comes from many years with the Wooster Group and then also subsequent work in the theater. Seems strange, but that's, that's really what shapes me. Yeah, that touched on a question of mine actually about the Wooster Group. Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to ask you how much of your experience as part of the group you carry with you today. I'm telling you, a lot. Wow. A lot, but then, it, curiously enough, after I stopped working with the Wooster Group, I went on to work with two of the big mentors of the Wooster Group, right. which was Bob Wilson and Richard Foreman. So, um, you know, it continues, even through the people that had a huge influence on the Wooster Group. Yeah. It's just a different generation. And now, I'm working with uh, an Italian director called Romeo Costolucci, mm -hmm. who is kind of like, well, he's almost a contemporary of the Wooster Group, but uh, right. it's connected. So I continue to keep that life, and, and I think that colors a lot about you know, how to work with people and uh, where you direct your energies. Mm -hmm. And in, in terms of, I mean, success, sure. Um, I, I mean, maybe there are lots of different variables which led to your success, but um, well, without or lack of, <laughs> well, yeah. the grass is always green. <laughs> <laughs> but take away your experiences as part of the Worcester Group. Yeah. Do you think your career would have gone 
uh, say you were going to be you were going to be a successful actor no matter what. If you didn't have that experience, do you think your career would have gone the same similar path? Without the Bush group, mm. I just would have been different. Would have been different. Yeah, you know, because that's you know that's impossible. To say. Impossible to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hypothetical. You know, impress upon you that was very important. Yeah. It's amazing. I've, I've I've been doing a lot of research into into the script, and it just sounds incredible. It really does. Um, what it's very different now because most of the original members are no longer there. Yeah. It's a younger group, but that doesn't mean it's any less good. Yeah. And the director is still there, mm. who who is a very, who was my partner for many years, my life partner. Uh, so she's she's very talented. Um, uh, but uh, I I haven't seen them in a while. In a while, yeah. What what do you what role has challenged you most, if not most, one of the roles that challenged you most as an actor? Oh, it sounds stupid, but you know, Last Temptation I think was important because mm. that was a movie that, when I finished it, um, I felt so spent. Uh, not in a method actor way, from a pure physical way, that it demanded a lot from me. Mm. And when I was done, I was done. And that was such a good feeling. Yeah. Um, that taught me something about... I think that got me into the, the connection with uh, to spirituality and, and being some sort of, you know, performing artist. Mm -hmm. That role, yeah. That was the start. And then there's many other things after that. And what, what role would you say? And before, and before. It, I, I get, you know, I really hate to, because the second I say it, it seems untrue. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I mean, if I sound like a squirrely interview that doesn't want to commit to something, it's not so much that as I, I understand why you ask a question like that, and it's interesting to think about but I, there's no good answer it's ever changing because it's ever changing yeah you know I mean you know I'm very you know there's a basic basic split you know like the western world is all about you know producing and creating something that's the most beautiful the most strong the most beautiful but most 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 well through the years Maybe it started somewhere around being in Asia shooting Platoon mm. or being in Japan watching no theater mm. or dealing with a kind of different interpretation of the story of Christ. Those things contribute to being involved or, uh, or a lifelong asana, yoga asana practice. I don't know. Mm. All those things contribute to, you know, cozying up to an Eastern idea of, you know, the most perfect form is one that has no form <laughs> and is always in movement yeah. because it contains everything because it's undefined. It, it's, not, it's not rigid, it's mm. not formed, it's in movement. So in that movement, everything is possible. So philosophically, I'm, I'm always attracted to that. So it makes you wildly inarticulate and makes you sound like a hippie sometimes but I believe in it because when you're doing things and you feel good it's not about 
putting your two feet down and roaring and saying, I did it, you know, it's not Rocky. Yeah. It's, you don't, you stop thinking. You're living, you're it. You're at the center, you're, you're everything and you're nothing. And that's what you're always seeking, um, you know, in performing and also a little bit in life. It's about waking up, you know? Mm. And somewhere, making things and being a performer is a public way, uh, is a way to do that in public. Cool. So that was Colonel's. Um, I hope you enjoyed Jacob and Willem's chat. And uh, Jacob, thanks for being on. Oh, my pleasure. Cheers. And yeah, guys, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you know, make some T-shirts, <laughs> like whatever, have a donut. I don't know what you're supposed to say at these times, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.